tonight. Hey guys, we're up. Oh, well, it, yep, that's how we started. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Babe Talk, everyone. <laughs> this entire week has just been completely unprofessional. Um, we've been fucking up all over the place. But the cool thing is that we actually have a sponsor before we started. Um, we actually have um, today's episode sponsored by Dick Sporting Goods. They're having a back to school sale, so all you kids hey can guys, go ahead and start. Oh, oh, hey. Yep, that's. I start started screaming at me. <laughs> welcome to Baby. Oh, you know, I hear the echo from from the from the episode. Wow, oh, damn, good. we're not doing this right at all. Anyway, welcome to Baby Talk. Hey, we have Rachel of her collective that's out of. How do you pronounce that town? Because I'm gonna fuck it up. I know I am. What's up, guys? Am I okay? Yep, you're good. Sweet. Okay. Everything's cool. still an this echo. This is just. This is like a screaming train wreck. I think someone has the um. <laughs> I think someone has the YouTube video up right now. Is it me? No, I think Rachel, Rachel, I think you might have the YouTube video up. Okay, we have Rachel. Uh, maybe that's me. Yeah, I don't hear it anymore. Okay. Okay, we're good. Oh, no, I need to change it back to studio. Um, <laughs> what? Welcome there, to the Okay. Okay. Wait, quick, I was, I was gonna have everyone not do studio tonight. Oh, okay. Okay. What's up, are everyone? we good? My name's Ali, and this is Babe Talk. Babe Talk, what up? Happens. Hi. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, hi. Hey, what's up? Today, we have an awesome guest. We have Rachel. Rachel, who are you representing today? Who am I representing today? Or. Well, um, what am I representing today? I guess it's um, the Oneonta DIY Music Collective. Mm, there we go. Yeah. I was gonna have you say it because I knew if I were to begin to pronounce it, I would just butcher it completely. So. That's okay. I only want to look like an ass like half of the time. If I just look like an ass the entire time, we redo everything here. It's just gonna be a bad time. So, <laughs> we got a co-host today. We got Melissa. What up? Yeah. yeah. Sup? Sup? You? I, I I heard you were about saying nigga. James, what's up? And what's up? Greg, what's up? Hi. How you going? How's it going? Doing right. <laughs> It's going well. Awesome. It's going swimmingly, guys. Sweet. So, this is um, today. same. <laughs> I start off the show. I mean, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better, guys. We're gonna get, get past this. We got this. Gonna, we got this. We we got this. But what, I, what we do every week is we start the show by asking everybody how their day was. And this week we'll start with Craig. Since oh, Craig hasn't been on in a while. Um, oh boy's right. <laughs> Well, I got back to journalism school at Kent State, you know, things were going pretty good in my classes until I got through beat reporting again, and it's just been giving me tons of stress, and I actually just dropped it right now. I dropped it. I'm sorry to hear that. Damn. So, yeah. <laughs> the struggle. You can make it through it, dude. I, I mean, um, well, like, what did the class... What made the class stress stressful that, that you had to... Well, with beat reporting, you just got to learn how to cover a beat. And a lot of these subjects aren't, you know, music and underground bands, so it's stuff that most people aren't going to care about. And my beat was technology, and half the time, I couldn't get any of these stories to come through or people to come back and contact me, and it just didn't seem like the editors were very helpful. So... It just didn't seem like it was in my best interest to keep doing the class, you know? Okay, so at least you, you learned that early. Like, they talk and stuff, you know, instead. 
Yeah. Well, don't quit. Don't do not quit the college for the big talk kid. <laughs> no. I, I, I want to say there's a future yeah. here, but God it's help all of us. Talk, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do not put your eggs into this basket. Hey, guys, I'm also the co-founder. That's the name, on? name talk. Yeah, I just got on. And I'm just going to quit being talk right now. You know? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Wait, Seriously. so what exactly is beat reporting? Do you So you specify on one genre? Is that what yeah. I well, not one genre, but just on one subject. So, like, say your my beat was technology. So, your beat, you're gonna cover all of the stories that deal with technology, or in this case, at Kent State, also included the airport and the aviation school. So, okay. like, all the stories would be there. And I just and you have to find contacts on your own. You gotta find the stories on your own. Everything's on your own. It's you. That's it. You gotta get like 17 stories done, and it's it's gross. Okay. It's terrible. Yeah. So it's like a specific field, okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, I mean, hey, we got the present school to be stressed, so let's not be. I wish you the best yeah. of luck in school. Oh, yeah, so. now that it's done, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm golden. You oh, know. good. Okay, there we go. Hey, James. <laughs> hey. Help me. <laughs> um, today is my school's giant club expo thing, and, and I'm on the e-board for a music industry club, so I basically spent... Two hours introducing people to the club and being a giant dumbass, stumbling <laughs> over my words a lot, and the out brochures to kids that were there for the anime club. Sweet. You know, just like. You know what? That brought me back because I was just about to make fun of anime club before I totally realized that I have this on the wall and that I was uh, actually yeah. also a part of, <laughs> of my local anime club as well. But so, like, this is fun. I. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Man, you are so fired. Damn. So um, <laughs> no one else is going to get that, and it sucks. But... No, they're not, and like, oh, I don't so understand funny. why you're fired either. So, I think I'm, um... I'm connecting the two, though. So, all right, but like I was saying, but yeah, um, it was just awkward trying to hand out uh music club people stuff to people that weren't music club people. And they were like, I'm here for League of Legends. And I was just like, <laughs> they, I don't think they knew what music was. If cool. it's not just like, just like really intense like harps or like EDM, then I doubt they would know what it is. <laughs> was there any reason why the music, the music industry club and the anime club were in the, like, the same room? It's all the clubs at the school, and there's like 80 clubs here. Okay. And it's in a giant ballroom. Like, Rachel knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's in this huge, just, room, and they all set up booths, and it's, oh, okay. here's oh, some candy, check out my club, like. Yeah. Oh, it was one of those, okay. Oh, that's right, why I was yeah. doing for Black Squirrel. Dude, Black Squirrel was so fun. We got so many people to sign up. It was fantastic. That's good. Nice. Yeah. We got at least 100 people wanting shows, but not that many shows, so we're going to have to cut a few people. Yeah. But, it is. It's just a bad time. I mean, like at least you're trying. At least you're you're trying to get all, all the stuff out. So that's that is very good. Yeah. Like like you got to get the shit out. Um, Melissa. Okay. Well, unlike all these losers that had to go to college. Whoa! Um, hold, whoa! Whoa! Stop! Hold what, up. what are you doing? I didn't you ask you. Graduated. Good job. Good job, Melissa. <laughs> I don't know how because she can't handle instruction. All I said was Melissa, and then she just went off on a tangent as if like she knew what was coming. Because I, I can go one step in front of you. I know what you're gonna do, Ollie. I got you. All right, fine. Go I on. Got you. 
right. No, I love you all. You guys aren't losers. I actually kind of wish I was back in college sometimes. Um. <laughs> L-O-J-K, no. I really do love you guys. I do. Hearts, hearts, hearts everywhere. Um, on emojis. <laughs> basically. Um, I worked all day, and today was just one of those days where just every little thing like frustrated me. Wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so um, I wanted to punch everybody in the face by the time I it was 4.30. And then before I could work out, there was all of this traffic. And I'm like, I hate my roads so much. But then I worked out. And I felt you felt so much better. It was like work-related traffic. Plus nobody in Rochester can fucking drive. Like... And there's tra- there's mm, construction everywhere, and then police have nothing better to do in their day, so they ticket everybody for doing like nothing for farting. I don't know. For it's farting, a- they ticket you for farting. Of all of the things you said, farting. Only guys fart. No, but. Okay. <laughs> registration to pass gas. Ma'am, ma'am, may yeah, I please see your license and registration? <laughs> You're being a real poopy room. right now. I need to <laughs> step out of your vehicle. This is a real shitty situation. Exactly. That's an Eric pun. I miss Eric. I miss Eric right now. Rachel's hey! puns give me life. Yes, go. <laughs> Rachel's puns gives me life. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. I was going to say... Let's hear about Rachel's life so she can save mine. What am I doing? Tell me about your dad. Oh, my Drop dad. Some knowledge at me. Um, had a couple classes. Learned about copyright. Oh. Uh, learned how to use a little bit of uh, HTML in my Intro to Computers class. Cool. Nice. And, um, had to studio oh. for three hours. And TA, and that was kind of my day. <laughs> well, well, what specifically did you learn in, in copyright? Because I always like talking about like um, people on the internet, and they're like, I can just do this, and it's like you very can actually. Funny, you should ask. What did, did we? You look at there? <laughs> copyright infringement. <laughs> we learn a lot about like Title Seventeen, which is the um. Uh, also like the United States like code um, for uh, copyright and we have to like buy a book that's just that it's just the laws and we have to like learn a lot about that type of thing and um, like oh how to prove that something was an infringement and mm-hmm. you know yeah. what con- and what con- licensing and things it's, yeah. it's a little dry but okay. I'm in law too right now so I feel I mean, like, it, but it, it's dry, but, like, and especially in the industry that we're in, we have a lot of kids that just, like, dance on the line of what can be considered infringement and what actually is and what isn't. And, like, yeah. no one really, like, you know, comp- people. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, as if, like, the pop-punk community doesn't have enough legal issues as it is, we have, like, you know, the underlying, well, shit, is this actually copywritten? Well, then, you have people on, like, merch exchanges and stuff, like, I get it, like, everyone's just trying to make money, but, like, you have people, like, selling, like, uh, I saw one that was, like, pillows, and it was, like, screen-printed, like, pillows of, like... Oh, I love that kid, because he curses me out every time I call him out. 
You know who He couldn't grasp the concept that if he just took an album cover and literally screened it on a pillow, he was like, this is mine, here's money. And we're just like, you can't do that at all. And he was like, Does that copyright? Oh yeah, that's very, that's very, it would really just be like you just like ripping album art or just ripping art and just like putting it on like a poster and saying like, it's not mine, give me money. Yeah. Okay, you, you can't do that. Well, here's a, here's a question, here's a question. Why can't bands make pillows of their album art if they know it sells? But this isn't the artist, this is the... No, this is like a random person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Wait, did we get the question, wait. He thought it was the artist that was selling the pillows, not just that, the and like, If it's oh, the no, artist no, no, that's yeah. selling it, you have to have the copyright owner and like the licensing. like Because the band probably doesn't own the copyright. Yeah, Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the label does. Or, or, or the artist and themselves yeah, the give permission for it. Like, like technically, like what happens there is that if it's just like a, let's say, a, a Joe Schmo band, they just put like something out. Like let's say my buddies in Pines, they put out their um, album cover as a print. Their dad did it, but the dad's not going to say anything because it's like, oh, I literally just like gave it to them. So they have technically the copyright permissions for it, or whoever manages that band. But like if the dad just got pissed one day, it was just like, yeah, niggas owe me guap. Then he literally does have the jurisdiction in order to do so. Because he is actually the, the owner of it until there actually are licenses that you can put on for copyright. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because like, because once, once you make a piece of art, you just have the copyright like playing out. But, but you can get something notarized, I believe. Well, like, okay. So, it's kind of, this is my second week in this class. So, <laughs> so I'm ready to give you a pop, pop quiz. I am sorry. <laughs> no, but like, the way I think of it is that, um, there's a lot of, uh, like, okay, so when you write a song, as soon as it is in tangible form, it is, like, copyrighted, so yes. to speak. Yeah, but, exactly. in order to, like, sue somebody and actually have some sort of stand in court when you want to, um, you know, like, say, oh, there's infringement here, you have to have it through the copyright office. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, so all right. Hey, guys, in case you learn stuff. You are. <laughs> I don't think any of our viewers expected like to get a hit with a copyright lesson today. Boom. No. And like I, I can see that like you know this one kid's gonna be in a band's gonna be like oh I know this now but I'm not gonna listen to it and then he's gonna get hit with like a copyright law infringement and be like damn it if I just if I just stayed ignorant and listened to that one episode of Bay Bay Talk I would have gone through it I had no idea now it's karma out to get me. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that's everybody's day. Um, that's cool. Let's get into just some random... Oh, wait, oh, wait no, 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 no. Did you guys prepare for the for the, the Disney question? Yes. No. Yes? All right, well, fine. Melissa did. Melissa, four for 20 points. Give me the question. Okay. Um, same theme as last week. Going to go with an extremely goofy movie because you kind of can't go wrong there. Um... Who broke the fourth wall in the extremely goofy movie? Um, um, by lift up, boom, bitch. All right. Um, so this week we're talking about um just random new stuff that's happening, and I am <laughs> way too fast. <laughs> oh my god. 
So let's get into some real, real news. There is um a hardcore band that's out there in Pennsylvania. Oh God, I heard about this. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is like really bizarre because like, why? Um, the band's name is Counterfeit, which actually makes a lot of sense going through the story now, in which the lead singer Haley, spelled H A L I, the first time I've ever seen it spelled like, like that. <laughs> had allegedly mocked having stage three cervical cancer and received thousands of dollars in donations. <coughs> Excuse me. And then like someone called him out, which is like, you don't have cancer. To the extent that like she was posting like Instagram pictures with her like having like a bald head and shit. Like 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 she got like really into this. And like this is what it, what ends up happening. Concerning the Haley fraud case Haley, the front woman from Erie PA Counterfeit Hardcore Cares, as well as many others, was caught up in a fraudulent claim that Haley was suffering through stage 3 type B cervical cancer. Haley and Counterfeit have been a majesty from um, the hardcore community from earlier on. We have no reason not to believe the claims were in fact true. Even after a private message from a concerned individual that he claims were false, we backed her and supported her. Hardcore Cares started backing her claims of cancer in 2000. In July 15 to 2015, we did put together a benefit show for her, customized t-shirts, shared to her GoFundMe page. Um, about a week prior to the benefit show, we started to see cracks in the story. Things are just not adding up. Which, how does things not add up if you just have cancer? I mean, like, again, I don't know any of this. But, I, I, mean, I don't know. But so, yeah, so all that happened and then... The skipping down to the rest of the story, in closing, in closing, Hardcore Cares will not seek any legal action against Haley. We will not spend any more time, energy, or resources on the matter. We have a great amount of respect for the three other members of the group, but let it be known that the existing members are no way a part of the fraud. Our hearts and respect go out to all that gave, donated, and backed Haley in her time of need. This will be... This will not be the straw that breaks the camel's back for the hardcore community. Oh, for hardcore cares, not hardcore community. We will continue our mission. We will continue to grow as well. So, like, it's insane how how do they still have respect for the rest of the other bands as well? Like, like they probably it. weren't aware. But just there, there's a band member that's they probably they got tricked. Um, actually, guys, I looked on the band's Facebook profile and it said that they broke up in April. So maybe the band literally wasn't aware. Like, maybe they didn't, haven't talked to her for a few months, you know? Which, that would also make sense, though. That's yeah. That's insane. I mean, like, as I, I think, James, you were telling me about um, something that happened along the lines of this, too. Oh, that was Rachel. Rachel? Um, you were telling me. Oh, yeah, that there was something a... Something happened along the lines of this. There was a um, thing about the doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there was a doctor that um, I don't remember where. I just know it was in the United. I believe it was in the United States. I don't know. It's not on the news, so I guess take it with a grain of salt. Um, but you can look it up. There was a doctor who um, diagnosed a couple hundred of his patients have as having cancer when they in fact did not have cancer, and so he was like administering like chemotherapy when mm -hmm. that's like no bueno. Like that killed people. Like, people died from receiving this chemotherapy. And he received millions of dollars because of the medical payments and whatever. And, um, I don't know. That's absolutely disgusting. That is very disgusting. I hope everyone 
I hope everyone gets a ton of money, gets the same amount back. You know, they get their million dollars from all the lawsuits and stuff. I hate to be that person, but, like, if the family member died because of this, there's no just, like, refilling that money. I hope he rots in jail. Well, yeah, but, I mean, well, typically, like, they still they've... get a fair amount of money, you know? Well, as far as I know, because I'm a lawyer... Are you? Are you really? I am a lawyer. Yes, I am actually Pump of Nigga Esquire. Lovely. And like typically with situations along the lines of this, I'm pretty sure they don't receive the death pet penalty to like, like, like you know. I wouldn't be surprised. But but like yeah, but like going back to the original story, like, what do you think possessed her to just say like shit? Like especially if the band wasn't together and there was a benefit show for her and stuff like that. Like what do you think goes through a person's mind to say like I have to literally just fake cancer to get money. Attention. I mean, I don't want to call insanity, but I know that there are some people that legit, that doesn't really occur to them. Like, that would uh, actually be, be like a not, a, not a socially acceptable thing to do. Yeah, like it's like a mental, like narcissism. It's like a real thing where they think that everything that they do, like they fake themselves into believing that they have, like, that they are what they say they are. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, some sort of mental illness. That sounds about, about right. Because, I mean, like, yeah, no one in their right mind would actually say, like, you know what, I need some money. Instead of being, like, I'm going to go get a part-time job at Hot Topic, they're going to say, like, I'm going to fake cancer. Exactly. Unless if you are... Normal yeah, unless if you are really that sick. And even if you are that sick and know that what you're doing is malicious, there is still something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had to have known. That's another thing, because like things like that, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't sound right. That, like, especially for for like other band members, that like if, if you were in a band, like I if, okay, if if I have if I'm in a band, I would consider them family just because like I'm going to be that close with them, whether we're going to be writing music, whether we're going to be going on tour or anything along the lines of that. And if my brother went up to me and said like, oh dude, I I have stage three cancer, I'll be like. Oh fuck! What am I gonna do for you for the rest of my life? Like I'm gonna be driving you over to chemotherapy. I'm gonna be taking you over to the doctors. I'm gonna be like you know making sure that you're getting medicine filled out. I I don't know cleaning up the hair that just falls out because like it's not like it's like a unless you do shave it all off at one time it just casually falls out from the chemotherapy. So like more details are gonna come out. Yeah, that is for sure. Yeah, and I guess and I guess that's what ended up happening. But like someone had to have known, because that's not normal. I feel like it, because I was going to compare it to the whole Lost Profits and Ian Watkins things, but that can be a lot. That's gonna be hidden a lot easier than. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's not even get into that. No, <laughs> that that that, yeah. that went zero to hundred like real quick. Sorry, but like I mean, like how like the hiding aspect. The of hiding. That. No, I I I get the yeah. yeah I I follow. Yeah. Look, stream, but I but. It, it, well, it is on the same. Yeah. It's, it's on. The, it's kind of. It's kind of there. I. Yeah. Yeah. Let's speak. Let's. But all right. So that's a shitty thing. Guys want to know. It's not a shit shitty thing. <laughs> what? Who wants to take? Who wants to take? Take a guess. Who wants to take, take a guess? Actually, Rachel, you were telling me about this. So how about you start to describe our next story? Oh, about um, Speedy Ortiz. Mm. Yes. Go. Okay. Um, from my understanding, Speedy Ortiz um, has been uh, working on setting up a hotline. Or when people go to um, their shows, you can, if you ever feel uncomfortable or like unsafe at one of their shows, you can call this hotline and it'll um, contact security 
and they'll try to get the situation um, uh, taken care of as soon as possible for all concert goers. Now, I think that's the world's most amazing thing. I'm surprised like, no one did it sooner. Same. Yeah, honestly. It's kind of been instituted, but it's been more like on a Live Nation level. It hasn't been on a on a lower level in which it would be more accessible and more pre practical than like, you know, being at like a Kenny Chesney concert. Yeah. It's right. just like, especially with everything going on that happened this year, I think it's about time mm -hmm. that we're finally starting to do something to change. <laughs> like, something like this could be huge, and if bigger bands start doing it, like, for example, if there's a scene kid at a Pierce the Veil show that's like really young, and he or she feels threatened. Like, if Pierce the Veil does it, it could send a really good message to people that not, might not be as socially aware about this type of thing. Mm -hmm. it could, it's the back... It's like the building blocks to something good. Yeah, it is. It could also be the foundation of a brainstorm of a bunch of different avenues to go toward, go down in regards to... Um, confronting and fighting this huge issue. Well, one thing I'm thinking of, though, is that if you're at a concert, if you're at a show, like, how can you call this hotline if there's, like, a lot of music going? Like, how can you they... You can text it. The thing is, you text you, yeah, it. Yeah, it's a text Oh, you service. text it. Sorry. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that sounds much better, too. I was actually having the same question. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what? No, it's a hotline you can text which makes it a lot easier. Yeah. I don't know who in the band... I think their manager is probably going to be handling it. Um, Does that make sense? I'm excited to see this. Like, I hope it grows. I hope it grows to bigger bands because this could be something... Yeah. Like, It would be huge if Pierce the Veil and All Time Low did it. It would That'd be huge if anyone were, were to do it. And like, the crazy thing is, yeah. is that like anybody could, could do this. Like, All you have to do is just like pick up a burner phone and then just put the number out. Be like, this is your... like safe haven number to text. Like, yeah. kids are gonna, like, you know, go on Instagram to be like, what are they wearing? And, like, so if they were to go on Instagram and be like, here is, here's the daily number, use Twitter, use a burner phone number, and then just work with security, or just work with anyone that's at our show. Anything along the lines of that. And if this concept does begin to spread, I think it honestly will start to change how creditors in scene act in public. Yeah. Like, because now they're gonna be like, if this does end up going on a lower level, where like it's just going to be kids inside of house shows or like inside like small basement shows or stuff like that, there's not going to be any security. There's literally going to be kids with like baseball bats that will like you know be gladly able to do out of the venue with your broken knees for trying to hit on a 15, 18 year old. Yeah. Change how how we how people approach being in creeps in, ge in general and also will start to become a actual service of hey let's start to have kids feel safe again yeah because mm -hmm. yeah. like I can't I can't ever say that I, I knew what it was like to ever feel uneasy at a show but there's like, a lot I, of people who have yeah like, like I, I rarely am able to say that I, I'm privileged to not feel this way but like Honestly, I just, I know that something like, like this is huge, but like I could not imagine like how gratifying or like relieving it could be to to certain kids in the scene. Exactly. 
No, I'm saying exactly. Can't even fathom it, but it's definitely a fantastic, fantastic idea. And if it gets big enough, I think it'd be absolutely fantastic to have even at Warp Tour for sure. Mm-hmm. But okay. I'm not, okay. yeah, that or like true. other festivals too. But yeah. I mean, because of everything that's been like focused, like that's been going on lately. Yeah, it needs it needs to stop. Um, my biggest question is: Has there really been a problem with it in your scenes? Because, in my opinion, in Cleveland, where I'm from, it, it, it isn't really that big of a problem here in Cleveland, at least from what I know of. Like, it, yeah. I never, I've heard of anybody ever feeling this way at a Cleveland show, so I just wanted to know if it was like this in any of your scenes. Just because you've never seen it doesn't mean it's not happening, though. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. I, no, I do get what, what he's asking. Like, I do find it interesting, because, like, I do know that there are certain problems in my scene, but this one is not a particular one. It's been an issue in my scene before. I'm not going to go into details. Well, yeah. It's... No, please put them on blast. That's why. I put them on blast. Put them on blast. <laughs> just like just friends of mine have been hit on by creeps or stalked by creeps at shows, and they've felt really uncomfortable about it. Yeah, that's good. One thing that kind of bothers me is that it's one thing if you go up to somebody and you try to strike up a conversation, because there are certain people who will say, like, oh, that person was such a creep. They just came up and talked to me. But, like, there, I feel like there is a fine line, but some people get that kind of confused with, like, um, a real creep. like, oh, this person is creepy versus this person's trying to be friendly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like there is a fine line, but sometimes that can get, like, really... Um, blurred because a lot of people were all trying to be like super like PC and things and like mm-hmm. like I'm all for um I'm all for like people feeling comfortable but it's just do you know what I'm trying to say? No yeah for yeah. sure but the difficulty with that is is that um everybody views how somebody else communicates in a different way than the person next to them like See, I now, bet- here's good Go on, go on, Oh, I was going to say, like, such as um, if somebody, like you said, like, somebody nice comes up to that, um, comes up to two girls. One girl could completely read, the, could see the nonverbal cues as, oh, his intentions are being creepy. Whereas the other person that's next to them, they don't have the perception to read those nonverbal cues. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It doesn't excuse anything, but it's just no. perspective. Now, know. here's the devil's advocate. How are we to handle texts that do come in? Because just... now, cause, cause, cause now we, we are saying that do we automatically eject? Do we automatically, like, 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 you know, start to police? Like, hey, dude, stand over there for the rest of the show. Or... I mean, I think they should definitely check it out, see what the situation is, listen to the person that took. It's <laughs> all about... You have to talk to the person that sent the text, oversee the situation, see what's going on, and take it from there. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, and if they don't see a threat, then they don't see a threat. But if they do, um, intervene. Assess before you react, definitely. Yeah. I got your reaction right here, nigga. What's up? So that's a great thing. Like it's just an amazing thing. That, like, like, like you know that we finally have some technologies being put to use. That's great. Just like fucking Tinder. 
just swipe and you can just anything. She's like, no, it's actually like, you know, use text messages and like, you know, put out people in danger. So I tried Tinder and like I've matched people and none of them ever get back to me. So I just find it pointless. I still haven't had one match and it's really sad. Same, same. No, sorry, no. I got porn bots and that's it. Like, honestly, whatever. Those are funny. Like, I got so desperate on Tinder, I was just like, you know what, maybe, maybe they do want to just have, like, you know, the verification of my account. Because, <laughs> so, I mean, like, I look intimidating, I'm black, certain, certain people say that black people can be intimidating. Maybe they just really want your social security number that bad. Maybe. Hey, Love man, she, she, she wants to, she probably, you know what, she probably wants to fix my credit to make sure that I'm going to be a good <laughs> husband for her. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. She's an accountant. You know, every time I match with somebody on Tinder, I always open it with the same line. What's green and has wheels? What? Grass. I lied about the wheels. Hi, I'm Rachel. Hey. Oh. Wait, 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 what was that there? About the wheels? Because, wait, grass? Grass. I lied about the wheels. How is that even like an icebreaker? Oh like, like, Does it work? Then it's an it icebreaker. Works. It works most of the time, but mostly it's because I'm always the person to message first. Incredible. I know what I'm about. My I, favorite I just... icebreaker. My favorite icebreaker personally is um, how big is a polar bear? Enough to break Enough the, to break the ice. ice. Maybe I need to start using these like awful dad jokes or something. Cause I'm just like, hi, my name's Oliver. How are you? It's just yeah, like, no, it doesn't work. You need to like get that dad joke up there. Either I think my, or my... just start like just being blunt. Just be like, I want to fuck, and people will be like, so someone down the road's gonna have to do it. Exactly. I just say I like your face, or like something along. I like your hair, or actually, like you know it. what? RPR person, Kimmy. How I met her was my brother was was working at um Stockton, and we were just going through um just faith Facebook before Tinder what was a thing, and she had a defend pop punk shirt on, and so my brother's like, "Yo, dude, hit her up," and I'm like, "All right, I ain't got no shame," and I didn't go to Stockton at all. I just saw a profile picture, so I just sent her a message like, "Yo, do you want to defend pop punk together?" Great oh, friendship ever since. Yes. So, that's also story. <laughs> Apparently, Craig's same, too. <laughs> I remember when I was 12. Dude, no, this happened like two years ago. I love my flag, okay? I remember when I was 12, basically. I don't think I have that many flags. I have, I have that's a... That's only my first flag, and I got it signed by Zach, and I want to get it signed by the other four. I have a citizen flag. Sweet. Nice. I have a state champs flag. Cool. I have an anime flag. It's from Lucky Star. It's a okay, slice cool. of life anime. I have my charger on. Sweet. Alright, so, um, did we lose James? Hi. Oh, I, what, did you just, like, take a solid nap? You just took a solid, like, <laughs> eye-open nap. I like You were, like, statue. <laughs> I like zoned out for a brief second just because it's been <laughs> yeah. day. Amazing. Alright guys, well um we can either um Who be relevant who be relevant? Who be relevant? What time is it? Um yeah, that'd take too long. Alright guys, um 
we have time for one more subject, then we're going to get into the interview. Um, with... It's actually a really important subject. Um, Apple just had a launch today. They announced all kinds of new iPhones. They uh, they launched a new iPad. Did you see this thing? It's like this huge iPad. Wait, it's got wait, all Craig, kinds of cool resolution. Craig. Craig, they, 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 they announced that like two weeks ago. The Apple Keynote was a cool two weeks and a half ago. Oh. Well, they said that it was today, though. They had, they literally had like an Apple launch event today. Well, it's news to so. me. I didn't know No, anything. no, they definitely had the Keynote two weeks ago. Like well, uh, that was news to me. Like it was on like the Facebook like update. Shut up, guys! Damn, damn, <laughs> sorry. Man. Uh, man, sorry, hipster Ollie. <laughs> I, I was actually gonna do a story on that before I dropped the class. So everyone else wants to talk about it. I am more than willing to talk about. I just figured keynote. that we should at least bring it up because you know if anyone's an Apple user in the room and has the money to afford this new stuff, you know. It's it's only eight hundred dollars for the oh. for the littlest package. Only. Yeah. Well, but like those packages, the Apple was it the iPad Pro? The iPad Pro looks like insanely beautiful. Yeah, it's gonna be but sick. The, the iPad Pro, oh man. But like okay, the only practical like, use that you can. When is when is Apple gonna become their own cellular carrier? That's what I want to know. They were talking about it. I think it's going to be in a few years. Didn't like Windows so help launch like that, you know, like their new iPad and uh, their new Windows? IPad. Actually, you know what they they have now because Windows is also a software system, which this honestly makes sense. Yeah. Um, with the Apple. With the um, iPad Pro, you are going to have um, standalone Apple Pro apps. And they finally started to develop um, applications for the, the, for the iPad series or, or for, the, for Apple. Windows is finally just like, okay, well, we will put Windows onto Apple products and we will make them look great. Like the Word, um, PowerPoint, and several other things are not going to be the same thing that are going to be on this iPad. Special um, force touch, um, no, it's, it's called 3D touch. It's going to have special 3D touch um, gestures. The outlines with that are going to be used with Apple Pencil are going to be in different. Um, and a whole slew of other things, like like um, Adobe had now has a new line of software that's specifically developed for the um, App Store and for the rest of Apple's software. So like there are a bunch of different people that are just like, like oh shit, if we write software, we might want to get along with innovative things, like the new Apple um, <coughs> iPad Pro, which is like two, um, what are they called? iPad I, I, iPad Airs, I, two iPad Airs. And they're about as thin as them as well. And I believe that they also um, run at desktop class speeds. So, like, it's going to be a huge thing. So if there were to be anyone to jump on, it would literally be, be Microsoft, who's one of the biggest powerhouses. So, But there's no practical use for, like, any of us to really use it unless we were, like, music engineers or, like, actual, like, architects or doctors. It's It's not like a... Like, why did you guys talk about the Apple Watch at all? I don't know how. How I did. I mean, I mean, the cool thing about the Apple Watch is 
they played music from the new Tesseract album at the launch. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> Tesseract is so good. They're, They're a really cool gent band. Sure. They're going on tour with the Contortionist, and I really want to go. Ooh, that's a good when, band. When's the tour heading out? It's a major market tour. Uh, it's no, heading. It's oh, it's like fall. Yeah. But I thought that was really cool that they're giving exposure to not exactly the punk scene, but at least a, a scene that isn't like mainstream at all. Exactly. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And what's actually very cool is to be like, and that's, that's happening a lot. Like, if you guys, with football coming up, I remember several instances last year in which I was watching. Um, Sunday Night Football and Thursday Night Football, in which I've heard a We Are the In Crowd song, a Newfound Glory song, State Champs song was in um, yep. the soundtrack for Crazy Taxi, the mobile game. So it's, it's, there, people are starting to really go back to the old roots hey, of like. The Tony Hawk soundtrack is pretty lit. It has State Champs and Four Years Strong. True. It is Venus. It has the Sheds. Tony Hawk has always been punk. Pop punk, though. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they might have, like, one or two hip-hop songs, but, like, they typically try to stay within its skate culture. And skate culture kind of thrived in, like, California pop-punk era. Yeah, exactly. So, and, like, and, like, a little bit of, like, hardcore punk here, too. So, like, yeah. Basically the best genre ever, in my personal opinion. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my little opinion. My little opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Now, which one was your with your guys' favorite soundtrack to any skating game? Because I was gonna say Tony Hawk game, but I really didn't play Tony Hawk games, and I have my own personal favorite. But I'm out, this, a... I'm out of this conversation because I don't play video games. My mom never like really let me play video games when I was a kid, so Burnout Three wasn't a skating game, but it has the greatest video game. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how I, how I asked the group. Hey guys, what's your favorite Tony Hawk soundtrack? I can't play video games. Didn't play video games. There's a driving game. <laughs> what's your favorite color? <laughs> okay, my favorite video game soundtrack is probably the Beatles Rock Band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go for that. <laughs> I think it's a pretty solid. Well, I mean, Disney skating game. Did anyone ever have a Disney skating game for the PS One? I think. That, oh, I, I, I think Fuller's I might. Dead. That's somewhere down in Fuller, Fullerton by Alistair on it. It had so much good stuff. It was so fun. I also had some Scott in there too. I remember that. Dis Disney real big fish. Game. It had real big fish in there. Yeah, yeah it was actually like a pretty skating game. Yeah. It was pretty good. Well, no, sorry. I wouldn't say ridiculously good. It was fun. It was a fun skating game. Yeah. Because, like, who doesn't want to pull off the 900 as, like, Buzz Lightyear? What was the, what was the evil guy? You tell, you, you, you tell me no when you... Zerg. Zerg, that's what I thought. Okay, because I think I played as him in, like, at my friend's house at this, like, skating, like, video game that Disney one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually very I, I don't know why, but that's the one thing that, like, stuck in my mind. <laughs> Because it's like Emperor Zerg, he's all big and shit. And I think like one of his special moves, like he just jumped off the board and started like shooting in a circle, and then just like jump back on the board. Because these games were like you know absolutely re like realistic. But so I'm glad we got nostalgic for a little bit. Uh, we're actually gonna move on, and we're just gonna go right into the interview portion of this, which Rachel totally knew about. <laughs> 
Love you, Rick. Yes, yes, you. Yes, you. <laughs> in the in the in the shirts. Really? Yes, You're come on next... down. You are the next contestant. No, and babe, talk tonight. Okay, I guess I was roped into this. Okay, I guess. Unless you want to come back ne next week. I mean, I guess I'm here, so might as well just get it over with. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be here next week either. It's okay. Okay. Well. That's okay. But so, what's going to happen is that we're going to give you an interview. It's going to be tip typical. Um, we're going to ask you a bunch of different questions because, like, you know, that's how interviews work. And the way that I see it on my screen is going to go Craig. It's going to go James. It's going to go Melissa. Then it's going to go myself. But before we get into your interview, just state your name, the company which you work for, with, or own, and give a quick overview. Okay. Um, well, my name is Rachel, Rachel Savori. I um, am... I started up this music collective. Did something happen? Where did he go? We're still good. Okay. Um, started up this music collective, and I'm calling it ODIYMC. That stands for Oneonta Do-It-Yourself Music Collective. And um, I'm all. I also put out an EP under my uh, uh, my project name is Nobody's Babe. And but I'm not really here to talk about that. I'm talking about. Um, this little event that I'm helping put together with the music collective uh, called Oneonta Festivus. And um, it's two days, three shows. I'm looking at this little little handbill right here. It's two days, three shows with um, the, head, the headlining uh, bands being 25 to Life, Take One Car, and Rudamaya. All right. Awesome. So, Ollie, are you there, or do you need me to take the lead for a second? Oh no, I'm good. Hey, Craig, you got first question, kid. Oh, I do. Okay. Um. Well, my first question is, where did you get the idea for this, and how did it all start? Um. Well, okay. So last last semester, so spring, I was living in a Jewish fraternity house, and with that, I wanted to start throwing shows. I'm surprised nobody has stopped me yet and asked why I was living in a Jewish fraternity house. Um, we we oh. usually let, let the guests go go through. Just I definitely did write that down. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that in a second then. I was living in a Jewish fraternity house um, last semester, and I'll get to that. And <laughs> I was like, I want to host shows because nobody really in Oneonta was doing it at the time. People have done it in the past, but I was like, you know what? I really want to do this, and I want to support the local scene, support, like, smaller touring bands and um, uh, throw shows and have a lot of fun and they didn't really involve into parties I'm not totally into like the party scene or whatever but it was a lot of fun just having booking people and talking to people and making connections cool. and um, so that's how it really all started was there a second part of this question? No, I mean that's it, I mean now, also, did, did you have the original venue in place, or did you have to, like, go and find different venues or something that would, like, accept shows and stuff? Okay. Um, well, I didn't... It was just kind of like, oh, these people are looking for a roommate. I'm going to see if I can throw shows there. And they said yes, and so I ended up living there because the rent was cheap, and it was kind of dirty, but it was... A lot of fun, and it could have been a sitcom, honestly. <laughs> um, cool. But it was a really good time. Awesome. Yeah. So, Melissa? Oh, I thought it was you. 
Uh, okay. Oh, my turn? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, turn. Hi. All right. So, in your time booking shows, has there been any memories that stood out from a certain show you booked? Um, yes. Okay, so normally if you book all local bands, you'll have a lot of people come out. Well, I didn't totally know how many people were going to come out for this cover show that I booked. And one one memory, what, I every before every show I'd worry about two things. One, oh my god, the cops are going to come. The cops are going to come, I'm going to get arrested, and I am going to get arrested, I'm going to have to call my mom for shame. Um, <laughs> that was one thing. And another thing was, are people actually going to come? Do people actually want this? Do people actually want this? Turns out they do. Um, with this big cover show, the one we were talking about where I was the vocalist for a Rage Against the Machine cover band, um, it was so packed, I had to stand on the stairs. And it was just imagine like a normal-sized basement, and it's just being full of people like, screaming Blink-182 lyrics, like, <laughs> back at, like, a singer. And that was, that was a really, really good moment, I feel like, or one time, um, Soda Bomb and Mumbler, uh, played my house, and I remember the person who was working doors for me had to leave, so I had to, um, stay and work doors until the next person got there, and I just remember hearing people downstairs, like, you can just hear a bunch of people like just jamming out to Soda Bomb and it was it's moments like that when I can like feel the just the positive energy that really make me like love doing that it really stands out to me it's awesome yeah okay so um, going off of James's question um, you said that if you book a bunch of local bands that there is going to be a huge audience and a huge draw to that. Have you noticed within the um, other, within I guess the subgroups of either um, scenes or genres or um, cover bands versus DIY if one has more draw than another? And how do you balance that out when you're booking shows? Um. Well, normally when people are going on like tours, it's normally like two bands. Nor on normally that I've seen. Um, so I try to get at least. It depends on the popularity of the band. That's the local band that you're that you're booking. Because if you're if you're booking a band that's like just kind of starting up, like yeah, their friends will show up, but like if people don't really know the touring bands, um, then people aren't going to be as inclined to come and spend money and spend money on their merch and like really support them so you kind of have to just know your scene and know like what's going on and and who you should book with who and I I try to book things so that like like more startup bands can kind of like get that exposure for opening for like you know a bigger local act so to speak and that's kind of how I pair things I like that awesome all right, so I know a few promoters, and I do know that some of them have a hard time with X, Y, and Z and stuff like that. But then at the end of the day, they will look back and go like, ha, ah, what have been one of the struggles that, that you have seen from um, promoting shows? And do you, have you get to have, do you usually go through that like, ah, moment, or like what's also been like the peak? 
like ah moment being like wow this was all worth it yeah um when i lived in the fraternity house i was the only one um from my house so there was four people in there including myself so there was four of us uh, and i was the only one who wanted to have my shows basically because everyone else was like i don't want to be a part of this i don't want anything to do with this so the place was called churchills and churchills was kind of like the rachel show like putting everything on and i would just get so worried that like Something was going to happen, like, oh my goodness, all of my XLR cables happened to break at the same time. What am I going to do? Like, just worrying about, long live church, um, worrying about simple things going wrong, or, um, like, oh, I booked five local bands, but none of them brought a bass amp, or, like, something <laughs> like that. Um, but just the ah moments. I remember there was this one time when uh, this kid came up to me, his name's Frank. He came up to me and he was like, listen, there have been multiple people who have come up to me and told me um, at different shows that these shows really make going to school in Oneonta worth it. And, you know, not a beautiful friend. And it was just those moments where, like, people actively say, like, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's just kind of like, you know what, yeah, like, it's a lot of work, but it's really good, and I really like what I'm doing, and it kind of makes it worth it. That's awesome. And then, um, going off on that, um, have there been any any times where shows have been, I don't know, like, cause, you know, with success and everything, how long did it take for you to get that kind of success with your music collective? Did it start at show one or like show seven or where did you see people really start showing up to these shows? Um, from the be okay, so I first started it last semester, so I started this really in January, so I wanted, I've noticed that there's been more interest now in people throwing shows and people are starting, you know, like uh, Sarah and Jess and I think that there's a third person that are doing like Not Yours Apparel there's like things like that going all going on all over like the scene, mm -hmm. and I wanted to just have a place where everyone can go and everyone can be like, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing. I need somebody to record a project. I'm looking to record a project, like that kind of thing with the music collective. But with um with Churchill's, I kind of saw success from the first show, pretty much. Um, there were some like rocky points of like trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, but um, I actually started writing an article um, that's going to be uh, published with uh, Table 3 Media yeah. that is going to be like all about how I tried to like revive the scene here in Oneonta because there used to be a lot of house shows, and then there wasn't for a little while, and then I tried to revive it, and um, it worked, and it worked, and there's a lot of people here now that really want to do what I'm doing, and I'm trying to share that with the music. Yeah. That's awesome that it was successful from show one and stuff. It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't always work that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, I want to talk about Festivus for a little bit. Um, what made you had the idea that you wanted to do this giant festival when, like, what went into ev making everything happen? Okay. Um... Basically, I was like, I want to start a music collective. How can I start this off with a bang? 
And that's how I came up. I was like, I've got it. I've heard of these people in like Ohio or something like that doing a DIY festival. Maybe I can do that. Maybe, but not just me. Like me with like a, a team of people. Maybe we can really do this. And so I came up with the idea, and then I've kind of like tried to get in like a team of people to really help me out with this. And um, now Festivus is coming to life, and Take One Car is playing my basement, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Um, and unreal. Um, <laughs> kind of how I came up with it, and I just went along. Uh, I listed, I went on my Facebook, and I was like, "Hey, I'm looking to book a DIY festival. Who wants to play?" Um, Seventy-five comments later, um, I try. I like narrowed it down to like different genres and things like that, and I booked two of the three shows. Um, the first night of the shows is at it's called Cop Frat. It's the name of their house, and um, they're not like affiliated with, with this uh, music collective, which is fine. They wanted to be on their own thing, and um, but they still are part of Festivus, and we're all supporting each other and our shows and you know bracelets and things like that. So collaboration for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then. To follow up on that question, are you done, James? Yes, I'm good. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. Yo, James, oh. you good? <laughs> um, Sorry. Well, what were some of the criteria that you went about to narrow down the bands that are playing now on Festivus? Um, okay, so I took a list of like who is in Oneonta. And I was like, okay, what bands at least kind of match up? And then um, day two, so there's like a day show on September 19th. It's all kind of like jam band and like that kind of feel, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. And then night two was kind of like the... Emo. Emo alternative, I guess. Um, I, I was like, who... Because, okay, there are certain bands that, like, go on tour together, and you're like, they don't sound anything alike, but their fan base is basically the same. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like that. It was kind of like that. Like, who would be a fan of this music that's also, you know? Yeah. Which, that keeps a very, like, steady ear to the ground for you on your, your end. Like, you have, like, soak in a lot of music and know a lot about your scene. Being yeah, I mean... I go to, like, I try to go to open mics here in town every now and again just to see, like, who is out there and, like, what are people are doing and what people are interested in. And, um, you know, I see who um, is recording and um, being promoted through, like, music industry clubs and different clubs on campus. And I try to, like, book a variety of things. Like, I love, um, I love this one show. It was the jam band. That's um, was like an ensemble from the school, and they were called Boketto. I booked Boketto with the Oneonta Hip Hop Collective because one of the members that was in the jam band is also in the collective, hmm. and so it kind of like meshed. And they had like to like transition from the hip hop collective to jam band. They had like a freestyle jam going on and kind of like transition. It was really cool actually, and there was a ton of people. That's really fucking cool. 
Yeah, it was like, it's stuff like that. Like, you don't know what people are going to like and what people, like, really think of, like, certain types of music until you just kind of, like, put them together. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So. Mm-hmm. so, here's my question and what I wanted to know, because, like, it seems as if, like, you really are, like, passionate about your scene and, like, you know, wanting to revive it and, and wanting to see something that you were reminiscent of. I actually had gotten you off your ass and started going to shows and then started to... What, what brought you into your scene? What brought me into my scene? Um, I guess... Okay, so I grew up in northern New York. Like, way, like, up north. Middle of nowhere, basically, New York. And there was nothing. Like, the idea of going to a house show was something that was just in movies. Like, parties were in movies for me. And, like, if I went to a, a show, it was like, oh, this, like, dad rock band is playing at this bar. Like, that was the closest thing to a show that I really came to um, living up way upstate. Yeah. Um, so, I guess what kind of, like, pushed me into it was I would... I remember going to house shows like my sophomore year here at uh, Oneonta, I'm a senior now, um, my sophomore year, and thinking, wow, this is so awesome. And then the next semester when I was a junior, I was like, is there anything going on? Guys? Guys? And then I was like, well, if nobody's going to do it, like, I got to be the one to do it, kind of a thing. And that's kind of why I... Um, started Churchill's in the first place. That's insane. To, to need to fill that void of, like, just, like, there's shit, there's no more music. Well, there has to be music. That's yeah. Like a, that's, like, an inspiring coming-of-ages coming of comedy right there, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you, like, okay, living in the Jewish rat house was definitely a comedy on its own. Um, it was a lovely time. I sometimes, but it was cool because I had my basement, and then I had an attic that was attached to like my bedroom, mm-hmm. and that's where I would like house the bands that stayed, and like came. Through. Oh, sick! So you like house bands as well? Because that's huge. Oh yeah, I would. They would. They would could sleep at my house. I would give them that option where they could sleep there, and I would give them like pasta or something like that to eat too. Sick, sick. So yeah. Nice. They want to be- Awesome. Well, I just said that's awesome that you fed the bands and gave them a place to stay and stuff. So, now my question is, what are some of your favorite bands you've worked with over this time? Um, specifically, I remember, specifically remembering, um, uh, Nice Shot Kid. Mm-hmm. From oh, okay. Long Island, they were pretty cool. They came through my house on St. Patrick's Day. That was a fun time. That was the only show that has ever gotten shut down. <laughs> I vaguely remember this show. I was shit faced there. Vaguely remember, except for me, because if I have to deal with like neighbors or cops or something, I have to be completely sober. Oh. Which is very very important. Because <laughs> um, when you coherent and you don't say like you know something dumb and that kind of thing so anyway I specifically remember Nice Shot Kid 
they were really cool. And um, Mumbler was really cool. Um, they're from Philly. I recommend checking out their album, uh, Full of Snakes. Yeah, any of y'all are interested. But those are those are the two that like really like stayed over at my house though. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Like now, before we go over to um, James, Ollie, could you actually turn up your volume on your mic a little bit? Because whenever you talk, I, I can barely hear you. It's weird. I don't know if anyone else is feeling it. I, just, I was just pretty good. I'm not <laughs> so, sure. Yes, I can. Hi. Wait. All right. So, what's the biggest Sorry. lesson Sorry. that you've learned? What's the biggest lesson that you've learned while uh, booking shows? Biggest lesson that I've learned. Um, okay, there's a couple of them. The one big thing was like, I was really concerned with people. Oh, um, with people um, not coming to my shows, and I realized, oh, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. That was like a really big like lesson is like, oh, if they're if people want something, they will be there and they will support you. And that was a big one. And I remember um there was going to be, I was talking about the cover show. Um the night before the cover show there was a there was a fraternity party in the house and it got shut down by the cops. And everyone was telling everyone who like basically lived in the house was like don't do the show, like, don't do it, it's a bad idea, um, because the cops are going to come, they're going to be patrolling, whatever, and I'm like, I was like, you know what, maybe. So I, I was with my friend Paul, and he was telling me, I, I don't know if he was a little bit drunk or just feeling really philosophical that night, um, but he was like, Rachel, we're all going to die. So, like, you might as well just live. And something in me just clicked. Like, there's, like, a million songs that just, like, say that. But it, it, we're all going to die. So, like, you might as well just live. And I was like, you're right. You are so right. And then I had my show, and it was the best thing ever. Awesome. I mean, when it's put to, to, to that context, that's actually pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, that's the way I've just kind of been, like, having my shows. It's like, well... I'm not going to be 80 years old and regretting that one time my show got busted by the cops. Like, I'm not going to regret that. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I mean, like, and you are taking it by the horns as well, which is really cool. I mean, I don't, like, it's weird when people, like, say things like that. Or, like, oh, you're really doing a lot. It's like, I don't know, I'm just... Doing things. You're just doing your thing. That's all you're doing, you know. Yeah. I'm just doing what I want to do, and people really like it, and that makes me happy. Yay. Happiness. Happiness all around. <laughs> all right, so, um, Lizzie, you got your question? Uh, yeah. Well, I had one question, but now I have another question. Um, getting on this philosophical, inspiring topic um, and kind of... I don't, aura, that's not the correct word, but um, what motivates you each day, day in and day out is, I mean, obviously, like, the, the, the music and the building of the scene, but don't laugh at me, Ollie. Stop, stop, stop. 
Stop laughing at me. I'm trying to be sentimental because I love music, and I think I I, I do want to know though, like what motivates you? Um, I'm because that's yeah. <laughs> and I can get tough sometimes. Um, I guess what motivates me? Well, there's a couple things. Um, one of them is just people coming up to me and just being like, you're doing a really cool thing. And then me just being like, whoa, like people really appreciate this. And like having bands, I remember Nice Shot Kid and Legend of You gave me like t-shirts. And I was like, okay, cool. Like just, I don't know, stuff like that where it's like, thank you for having us kind of, kind of a thing. That kind of like motivates me. So just little like words of encouragement kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And also, and people, I've, I've had friends who've almost criticized me for this, but like making the connections with people and just knowing that like if you're doing something and people like what you're doing, people are going to want to talk to you and people are going to want to be involved with what you're doing. And making those connections can like really help your career in the long run. Exactly. And this whole business is about who you know. Oh, it really is. Mm -hmm. So is, and I've had friends who've been like, "Well, it shouldn't be about the uh, the contacts." Like, no, it has not the only thing, but like, it's a it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So is that why you? Not, oh, go ahead. I mean, not not to knock them, but I mean, like, do you know the mentality as to how these people think? Because, like, how else are you going to be able to develop? Connections without connections? Am I am I, yeah. am I putting like two and two together correctly? No, I know what you're trying to say. Um, but I don't know. Like for me, it's just like, oh, this is a huge deal. Like if I want to go on tour, like this means I will have friends from different parts of potentially parts of the United States. You know, mm -hmm. and. It's a big deal because then when people know you and they're like, oh, like you're gonna book my band? Oh, okay. I'll book you here, or like, I'll do this for you, or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a huge community, that's all it is. You gotta realize that. Yeah. Sure. Um, now, where do you see your collective going in a few? Because, like, again, like, you're, you're pretty much starting off in, like, the, the infancy of this. Like, where, where are you seeing yourself, let's say, like, even a year from now? Well, a year from now, I will have graduated. Um, hopefully, I um, I would like. Basically, what I'm trying to do this semester is have my friends, who are you know, one two years like um, well, I guess they're sophomores and juniors, uh, book shows in my house and run the shows at my house. So this way, they can learn like, oh, okay. So when I want to have my house shows this is how to do it, and like when I'm looking for an apartment to rent or a house to rent, this is what I should look for, and like this is what I, like this is what would be important with that, and that kind of thing, so I'm hoping to like start something that's more than just, you know, this year, and more than just me. I want it to be like involved with all these sort of people, and I want it to be like this one place where we can support local music, and support um, Oneonta alumni, support you know, their friends, that kind of thing. So you're seeing this as like a, you, you want to pass this down to eventually and to keep it rolling. Yeah, I want to pass it down. I want it to keep going. That's and, awesome. And like, 
like, like, and, and I know it seems pretty self-explanatory, but like, I would love to see like where it comes from from your actual mind. Like, what, what's the exact importance of having something like this passed down? What's the point? Yeah, like, what, what's the importance of having a music collective around an area? Well, it's uh, really important for people to actually have a place where they can feel supported and understood and have um, make friends and make those connections and talk to alumni and they can talk about things like, it doesn't have to just be music. It can be like, oh, my internship and, oh, like, uh, this kind of thing. Or, oh, I know this person used to have, have house shows and maybe they would know who's having them now and, like, I would love to go back to my school and as an alumni and have a show. That kind of thing. Like, it's just, it's important to me to see something maybe bigger than me come out of it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Now, um, going on with that, you hope for a good future and everything. Um, when you pass it down and everything, I, I don't know if you know who to give it to yet, but do you have any possible ideas, like with possible friends in the scene or anything like that? Um, yeah. I, I do have, like, people who I think would be good um, admins and sort of thing. But I, I don't want to be the only admin for this kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be, like, four or five people or something like that, and maybe mm -hmm. maybe James being one of them, but don't tell him. Uh, he already has his hands full with the Defend Pop Punk group. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think my friend was... Like, Oniana, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take the okay? I've been wanting to be an admin there for like two years. It's not no, worth it, dude. It's no, not worth it, dude. No, it's not no. worth it. It's like the same people who like romanticize like heroin. Like it's like, oh dude, so it's completely <laughs> awesome it. and then like no. once you actually do it, you just like get sucked in and it's awful and then you have to wean yourself off and then you look back and you're like, Wow, I did this once and it was an awful, awful thing. I said for my, I tweeted on my birthday, I want to be a Defend Pop Punk admin for the day. Aw. For a day, maybe. For Still. a day. I, I was for a day. For and I'll be like, you are all my humble servants for the day, all 30,000 of you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing is with the Defend Pop Punk group, going on a tangent here, it's like, great for promotion, but filled with some of the worst people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah. <laughs> There's that glimmer of good people. There is. It's, like, mean, like, it's uh, like trying to find a diamond in a bathtub full of shit. Everyone messes with me, and I hate it. Everyone messes with me. I'm very James. James, take care of the bullies that are bullying Craig. Why don't you? I'll just ban everyone. Please yeah, ban but, everybody. But it's actually very funny because like we actually wouldn't have a podcast without the Defend Pop Punk group. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the hype did come from the Defend Pop Punk group. James, I wouldn't have you on the show. Um, I wouldn't have Ashnick. Mm. And then I wouldn't be able to have the um, episode today with Rachel yeah. to be able to talk about her yeah. collective if it wasn't for the fine mm -hmm. kids over at the Defend Pop Punk group. Can't say that without... without Define fine. <laughs> yep. I mean, like, mm. Those fine foxes. Yeah. Damn. Um. Do we have time for a few more questions, or? Yeah, that's up to Rachel. Uh, what time is it? Have you to watch, yo? 
support the Craig for admin 2K15 movement. <laughs> it's not worth it. Not worth it, dude. <laughs> uh, all right. So my question. Um. My question has to be: You play music as well in Nobody's Babe. Have you? Is there anything you're applying with your music that you've learned from booking shows? Anything that, I've been, that I'm going to apply with my music that I've learned booking shows? Um, not entirely, except for that with my booking of shows, it's just, like, more people who are going to support me and, like, more people who will be willing to, like, you know, check out my music and maybe book me at their local house show place kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. There's not really too much that I, I think I could implement with that, but again, this is um, my first semester that I've had both my house shows and Nobody's Babe kind of in the same place. Okay. That's very fair, actually. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, what would be the ideal goal with both, like, Hand, I'm trying to think of a good way to word this. Um, if everything goes according to plan, <coughs> <laughs> how do you see Nobody's Babe interacting with the Oneonta DIY Music Collective? Well, I plan on being a rock star. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I plan on making it big. Um, now, yeah, like, define making it big, because, like, we have two different ones. We have Kid Rock Rockstar or, like, Party Like a Rockstar by Dem Franchise Boys. Like, which, <laughs> which, which lifestyle are you choosing? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm choosing uh, that the song by Nickelback. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny. Laughing at my jokes, I'm really funny. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but it really though uh, I see I, I don't really expect myself to be playing shows that I host I don't know what you're like looking at or talking to but okay I'm uh, sorry my brother was playing a song oh no I was like what's going on um, yeah so I uh, see myself um, never really playing my own shows okay because it's a lot. It's like pretty stressful um, hosting the shows in the first place. So I, I just can't see myself doing that. I, I'll play somebody else's house if they let me. Um, I'll play outside their window and just serenade them. If they let me. That's perfect. Now, um, with this collective, do you hope to expand it to maybe other cities in the area? or even just adding more venues where they can play in Anayana? And I don't know how to pronounce it, I'm sorry. You pronounced it right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, wait, so you mean, like, do I hope I'm, like, making the this music collective bigger than just Oneonta? Yeah, like maybe expand it to other cities in the area, or maybe even expand it just to more places to play in Oneonta? Um... Like, I don't see it expanding to other cities because it's, it's mostly just for the connections in the local area. But, like, mm -hmm. um, Cooperstown is a close place. Like, if Binghamton, like, that kind of, like, area wants to, like, promote their local stuff, I don't really... 
foresee a problem with that, but I just think it's, it should be mostly like local people. Okay. People, you know, trying to connect with each other um, around here because there's so many different cool people with different stories and interests and um, values that would be really neat to like connect with. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. So I have. Yeah, you have one of your last questions. Oh, yep, 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 yep. So obviously, as a booker, um, you also have to promote your shows, and I was wondering, what routes do you go about getting the word out? What are your favorite marketing tactics that you use? Facebook. Facebook. That's true. Facebook all over the place. Facebook. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like that's the biggest place to market because everyone has a Facebook. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a Facebook. Everyone checks their Facebook. Everyone sees what other people are doing on their Facebook, where people are going, what's what's the cool thing to be doing this weekend, you know? Um, are there any parties going on? Like, oh, there's a show? Sick. Like, that's kind of like the really big one. But for, I, I've tried like doing like flyers and things. I'll do it for Festivus because Festivus is a, a bigger show, but um, Facebook is huge. It is. Do you have any thoughts on Facebook cutting reach for some people, though? Because I know that's a huge problem with promoting. Facebook cutting what? Uh, Facebook tends to cut bands or other pages' reach when they promote stuff. I know our site has experienced it. My band has experienced it. And for that, a lot of people think that Facebook isn't the greatest site to promote on. Um. Well... I mean, you can still get an invite notification, though, can't you? No. It's like when you invite people to shows. Facebook know? also, they're trying to at least limit the amount of people you can invite to shows. That's the other thing I've seen. Ooh, that's. Oh. A... I don't know if you've not, run into not, that. Not to, hi not to hijack a question, but that comes more down to the advertising than it comes to just a general promotion. Because that's whether fair. You're a, whether you're a band, a magazine, a, <coughs> a celebrity, the reach is going to not hit unless cuz essentially yeah. anything if, if you're a, if you're a product everything you post is going to eventually it's pretty much promotion yeah not that's not sure. not to hijack a sorry hey, that's I'm, very fair like i i think it's wrong that like you know if i actively like someone's page on facebook it's because i want to see what they are posting not because yeah. i want them to pay money for me to see what they're posting you know what i mean Exactly. Yeah. If that's where that question was like kind of going. Yeah. 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 You know what? Yeah. I think we're looking for more of the opinion of it than like the analytical. But... Yeah. So like that's my opinion. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. So. <laughs> so um, last question. We'll we'll drop this and uh, not drop it. We'll I'll drop this question and then we'll play Tiddlywinks or something. Um. What do you have? as far as advice goes, for having to have someone just pick up and run with this. Because it's not really an easy thing that, that you have done. And like other people might see this as a really intimidating thing. What what do you have to say to those kids that are having second thoughts about getting involved in their music scene? As far as like throwing shows? Throwing shows, picking up an instrument, because like you, you now are on both ends of the spectrum, playing shows and booking them. So for any kid that wants to get involved in any aspect, what do you have to say to them? That's that's heavy. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you could have warned me with that one. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, it kind of goes back to the whole, like, well, we're all going to die, so you might as well just live. Exactly. You know, like, we're all, like, it's going to happen eventually, so, like, you might as well just, like, do what you want to do and, like, not worry about what other people think and, like, not, like, oh, like, I suck a guitar, I can't, I can't write my songs now. Like, no, like, just do it. One of the biggest analogies, or best analogies, excuse me, that um, uh, my old guitar teacher, Sean, uh, taught me, with, uh, told me was, Rachel, like, even if your song sucked now, this is years ago, even if your song sucked now, you, it's like you're drilling for oil. You have to get through all of this mud and rocks and crap underneath the soil before you can get to something good. Exactly. And it I like will, that enough. Yeah, it'll take a while for you to get there. But, like, eventually when you strike oil and when you get something good going, it, it'll be awesome. But you just have to be really persistent and know what you want and keep your eyes on what you want. See, that's and you true. know, it'd be like, oh, you gotta warn me. Nah, that's perfect. Right off the cusp. That's actually really great, great advice. Slow <laughs> clap really it out. Like, yeah, just yeah. like slow Blow clap it out. Give like a slow clap. standing ovation, guys. What's going on? <laughs> but that's really <laughs> awesome. And I really do like that analogy as well as like, you know, just keep digging for oil. Eventually you will have something come out. So, hey, yo, Rachel, how's it going? That, 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 was, that was actually very good. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for giving us this great interview. Is there yeah. any um, parting words that you have from everybody at home? Is there like a secret show that's going to be pop-popping up? Do you have Man Overboard coming through or something like that? Um, nothing really planned yet because I need to see if shows are even going to work here. <laughs> because if cops come, then like I can't keep booking more shows because I can't keep getting noise violations. Fuck the police. Yeah, but like, come see Take One Car in my basement. It'll be ill, and it'll be lit. Um, and uh, that's, I mean, I kind of like, that last question was kind of like a good, like, ending piece. Like, have any Well, advice? all right. I mean, hey, we can we can do a hard stop here. All right, good night. No, I'm joking. No, but, but no, seriously, no. We do, I, I do thank you for coming on the show, and it's great to pick a mind of, um, of a kid that's literally just wanting to just do music for their scene because it just needs to exist. Out of, out of your own necessity and for necessity for music's sake, you are doing a great thing for your scene and you, I guess you have my stamp of approval. There you go. <laughs> so hey, thank you for doing the thing. <laughs> Thanks for all the support. <laughs> well. Hey, no problem. So, um... Yeah, guys, um, we're getting closer and closer to our hiatus of um, Babe Talk. We're going to be going on a few-week hiatus. James, how many more um, groups do we have until? Uh, we have three more episodes until we're off. We have three more episodes, and then we're going to go off-air for a little bit. If you do want to get involved with Babe Talk in any way, shape, or form, you can always email myself at O-L-I, stands for Ollie, at babetalk.tv. We are going to be reviewing bands to come on the podcast. Um, we are also going to be accepting interviews for written stuff. Wait, James, is that a shake? No, or shake yes? Um, yeah, you can contact me if you're interested. 
contact me contact at James. Uh, James at TV if you want written coverage. I've done it with before, and I'll do it again. Just don't be an asshole. Please, please don't don't be an asshole. Be personal. Use my name in the email. Don't be like we... random website. <laughs> now, see, the nice thing about James is James won't put, put you on blast. I will. Yeah, I'm really nice. I just will ignore I'll ta- you. Yeah James, yeah, James is nice. I'm not. I'll tag a band in a quick second. I'll be like, yo, who the fuck are they? But anyway, so yeah. So the main thing we're going to be, be worrying about is going to be the podcast and like bringing new bands on. Um, we are always going to be accepting bands to come on um, for rating interviews or phone interviews or anything along the lines of that. Um, so just continue to stay up on us. We will continue to stay up on you. Um, from James, Craig, Melissa, and myself, or, and Rachel too. But I'm not, a, I'm not in control of, of Rachel. I'm in control of the other three idiots. Um, everybody <laughs> have a nice night, and we'll see you next week with some more stuff. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye.